All right, Bo. MotoGP. And if you would have told me that Ducati were going to lock out the podium in Valencia, I would have bet you my house. <laughs> Man, I am glad that you don't like to bet because, goodness gracious, I, Ducati is... The bike itself, the Ducati from the factory Ducati bike, is just a... It is a... It is an unbelievable bike. That 21 is unbelievable. You know, they froze the engines right. from COVID, from 2021. And so Ducati had to learn how to make their bike turn and brake. And they did it. And, and, and Francesco Bagnaia, everyone in that paddock needs to be worried. Because if you think about it, if, if Ducati can improve the bike... And put Francesco on it. Oh man, 2022 is going to be very, very interesting. But let's talk about Francesco Bagnaia wins the race, his fourth win in the last six races. Is that right? I'm thinking right. Yeah, mm -hmm. his sixth. Jorge Martin finishes second. Jack Miller finishes third. So, I, I mean. I, Look, Francesco is just on another level right now. Now, the offseason might cool that off a little bit. But he just put I, I, MotoGP on notice. I don't I think, think he so. just put Moto. Yeah. I don't think the offseason cools off for him because he's got a taste of it. He knows, what he's, he, he knows what he wants. He doesn't want to stop now. He's got those race wins. He's battled with the, the best talent that we've ever seen in Mark Marquez, and he came out on top. I, I mean, he yeah, had a hiccup yep. in, in Mizano. Um, but he was also leaving that transcendent talent behind on that lap. Um, and, and, you know, you make the point about Ducati figuring out how to, how to turn the bike. Um, Dan had actually shot me a couple messages this week and he's asking, you know, he was asking me what I thought about the bike. And if I thought that the GP 21 was just that much better, um, you know, at turning. And I told him in a word, I didn't think so. Um, you know, because obviously an A. Bastianini is able to do some amazing things on a two year old bike. So that tells me that it's not just the bike. It, you know, there are some small adjustments here and there that I'm sure that they've made that help with that turning problem. But you know, it, it's it, it's Dan had a really good point about these the the new riders that are coming into the MotoGP class that are learning how to adapt to a riding style a little bit more, and they're able to know what that bike needs. Um, and, and to me, that's really that that resounds the, with what the, um, the the Casey Stoner comments were that you know. To, he had to figure out what the bike wanted, and then he rode around that, and he rode to to the bike's needs rather than trying to set the bike up to what the rider wants. Um, yeah, but, well, I I agree with you on on a couple of levels, but I think if you go back and watch Davizioso ride the Ducati at Valencia, and then watch Francesco and his Valencia, watch the difference of the bike entering the corner, and I think what you'll find is that that bike steers, a, it now steers a lot sharper than Davizioso's bike did. That's what I think. Now, could that just be Bagnaya? I'd, I'd have to say it could be, because we do see Jack struggling to get it turned a little bit sometimes, right? But I, I do think they made some improvements for sure when they couldn't just work on horsepower and engine performance. 
And and some of these think, tire changes could could lend themselves to that too, though. You right. Know? So I the mean, construction of the tire could right, have helped. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I I don't think it was any one thing, but I do think they improved the handling of their motorcycle. Um, and and I will say that because we see the three twenty one GPS on the podium, and then Zarco, who finished six, is on the twenty. Is that in that correct? He's on the twenty. I thought he had a 21. I thought he okay, was, I so, thought that both the Pramac guys were on a GP21. Well, that'd be very interesting if they're both on a 21 because if they're both, that, that means four current year bikes, and then next year they're going to have two 21s with VR4, two 21s with the, the other one, right? The Grassini team. So right. they're going to have four year-old bikes and four current year bikes. That is... Whoa, that's a lot. Um, so, but to that end, it doesn't matter. All we know is that Francesco Bagnaia is a rocket. And I, I was reading about Francesco Bagnaia from last year to this year. He was 20 seconds, 26 seconds faster this year than he was last year at Valencia wow. in the race. 26 seconds. That's that's more than a second a lap. Now, what was the weather like last year at Valencia? I can't remember. I can't remember, but it wasn't raining. So, we saw the fastest ever race lap, didn't we? We saw the fastest ever qualifying time. Yeah. Yep. And and so, I, I think the level has, has raised, but right now, if you were to pin me down and tell me to choose who's going to win the title yep. next year? No, absolutely. Francesco Bagnaia. Because yeah. that dam has broken. He won that first race. He broke through. He had the problem at Mazzano. Or it would have been five out of the last six races, which is Mark Marquez kind of stuff. Right. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. And it's hard for me to say that, right? Like, you don't think you're going to say that. But that's exactly what winning five out of six races is. That's Mark Marquez level dominance. And, you know, it, <sighs> I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we've, we've lauded him all year, but this was a big-time win to me. But on a Ducati track, I think Stoner won here once. And uh, I know Rossi won there twice, but not on a Ducati. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I can't be the last person to win Ducati if it's not Stoner. I don't think anyone's ever won there except for Stoner. So... That, that could be wrong, but I, I don't remember him. And, you know, so all credit to Francesco. He is on another level. He's He is he's showing why Rossi brought him into the VR46 Academy, isn't he? That's what he's doing. Yeah, I, I um, think so. I, I, I do want to give, uh, you know, Jack Miller credit here as well. You know, it was a, Jack Miller showed, showed good judgment, I think, with this. I mean, he didn't have the pace to keep up with Jorge Martin. Jorge Martin is riding. Um, not quite to the level that Benyai is, but in his rookie season, Jorge Martin's having a great season. Uh, oh, he's a title that, challenger next year. Make no mistake. And for yeah. an independent team, that's exciting. Uh, that's that's yeah, gotta it be, really is. We don't have yeah. enough factory seats for the guys that deserve them, right? <laughs> right. I mean, basically, though, Ducati is putting four factory bikes on the grid next year, and then this year, if that's true about Zarco, I thought he was on a twenty, um, but. I don't know, but yeah, I, it's, 
it is it is exciting, and you're a hundred percent right about uh, Martine uh, being a just a force to be reckoned with on the bike if he can keep himself healthy, right? We got to quit falling. Um, but Jack Miller did run a good race. Um, he 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 said he was struggling in the beginning. He backed off a little bit, conserved the tire, calmed down, wait a little bit. And you know what? He was coming back at Martine a little bit there at the end. And uh, he just didn't have time. But I, a lot of credit goes to Jack because it would have been easy to push, push, push last race of the year. I don't have anything to worry about and throw it away, you know. But he didn't. Right, he right. wanted and he got that result. So that was a mature ride. I, I think you're 100% right. And, and credit for finishing on the podium. Anytime you finish on the podium in a MotoGP race, you're one of the top three riders in the world that day. And that's, that's, that's pretty good for the Aussie. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty not good. a bad day at the office. Oh, absolutely not. Well, Joan yeah. Mir was, was good, but Joan very vocal about being worried about the progress that Ducati has made. And the reason I said that they must have fixed it is because Joan Mir compared it to last year. And he said last year, it was very easy to beat them on the brakes or in corner speed. And now I can no longer do that. And it wasn't just, he said, all of them, not just Bagnaya, but all of them. He said the bike, the package has no weakness like it did the year before. So he said that he could see the weaknesses last year and that he could see it, spot it, and exploit it, but there are no weaknesses. And that's got to be really worrisome for the rest of the paddock. They got to do some real development at Suzuki and Yamaha and Team Scooby-Doo. They got to do some real work in the off season, and uh, you know, the second half of the year, Bo, Fabio was not dominant. Oh, I agree. And, uh, yeah, I don't. And he got off all. such a great start and did a great job, and he was consistent throughout the year. I feel like he didn't fall off a cliff, but the second half of the year, Ducati really took it to him, and of course, Mark Marquez did a couple of times as well, but. Ducati really took it to him. So we're ta- so we talk. If Mark Marquez hadn't have been present, um, you know, we can talk about that and and the the ifs and the what ifs right now a little bit. You know, if Mark Marquez doesn't take a couple of those wins that he took this year, what does our championship look like? You know, that post dominant Fabio um, is he motor is he going to be this year's champion or would it have been Pe- uh, Pekka Banyaya? Um, yeah, that's well, something it, I think yeah. that we're going to see next year. We're going to see this pedigree that's coming through, like you're saying. And if Yamaha doesn't do something in the off season to find a little bit more out of that bike, um, the season's not going to open well for them already, right? We know that Qatar is just a is a track that the Ducati's going to be favored a bit at. It's not going. It's not a Yamaha track really. Of that, you know, the big long straights that are there, they don't lend themselves well to to uh, most other bikes other than the, than the Ducati. Um, but I, I, you know. Suzuki seems to me like they have been more stagnant this year so far. Uh, I know that they had introduced the ride height device. I think I noticed it a couple times whenever the camera was on Mir exiting the final turn of Valencia. I could see it squat yep. and stay. Um, yep. So that's one thing I noted. They're didn't using matter. Weekend again. Didn't matter. Right. It, it didn't matter. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, unfortunately... Suzuki's only getting data from one side of that garage right now, I think. Um, and, and Whatever that's do that they, you mean? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> if Suzuki wants to really study the impacts of a gravel trap and deceleration trauma that that yep. bike experiences, yep. then yeah, mm-hmm. they've got the best rider than they can have right now in the grid. Wow. Wow. Throw him under the bus. Bowie's aside on the bow from, bus. Aside from Nakagami, because unfortunately Nakagami ended up there too. Um, oh, Nakagami. So I, 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 I can't argue with anything that you said about the Ducati package you know, as much as I want to. Logically speaking, every other team right now is on the back foot going into 2022. Yep. And I'm sure that they're staring at a picture of a GP21 and scared to death of what the GP22 is going to look like and what it's going to be able to do because Ducati has figured something out. Yeah, they're staring down the barrel of a red Lenovo howitzer. That's what they're staring down. Um, And, I mean, the the power of that bike and the the way it gets out of a corner, just insane. It's fast at low end. It's fast at mid-range. It's fast at high end. It's just fast. It's incredible. And and it's amazing. And now they can turn it and yeah. stop it. Oh my god! Yep. Before they could do two things. They could go. They could go in a straight line and they could stop. Right now they yep. can yep. turn it, stop it, and go. And and yeah, exactly. And so it it is it is has to be a little bit alarming for the rest of the the rest of the manufacturers. Um, but next year is another year, and you never know what's going to happen. That's why they line up on Sundays, right? And I'm excited to see what technological innovation D, uh, Gigi Delinia comes up with because I know he's going to come up with something and everybody's going to copy it. Do you think he just sits in his box watching other bikes go by and is like, <laughs> oh, I taught them how to do that. Do you ever think he thinks that? Like, um, I all, think that, like see, that scoop on the bottom? I and guarantee the, that if he saw that Honda, if, when as soon as he looked at the Honda that came out, um, he probably had a nice chuckle at it. Yeah. Well, I did want to say that, um, you know, we saw another top 10 from Inea Bastianini. So uh, on a Ducati. So you had two, you had five out of your top 10 bikes were Ducatis on the grid. All five bikes, are, except for Luca Marini, five out of the six bikes that Ducati puts on the grid were in the top 10 that is that's impressive that is super impressive so now wonder they're going to have eight they're going to have the first eight out of the first 10 places next year they think right and it's incredible so what a way to end the year for ducati what a way to end the year for francesco bagnaia jorge martin jack miller i'm sure that party was epic would have loved to be there yeah, that uh, wrapped up the team championship for Ducati as well. Didn't it, the exactly, it sure did. Yep, yep. So you know, yeah, they got all bonus. credit. They definitely got bonus checks this weekend. Abs- absolutely. You know, Ducati earned every bit of that. That little factory in Bologna that I drove past, I, I, unbelievable. Congratulations to them for uh, what they did. Now, let's get another world championship and all that stuff. Let's take the triple crown. Right. And that's the goal next year. I guarantee it is the triple crown. So we'll see what happens. Um, of course, we talked a little bit about this being Valentino Rossi's last race. Valentino Rossi was 15 seconds ahead of his race last year. He finished 10th. 
So before everybody jumps on the old man train, yep. I, I you know what? I challenge each and every one of you line up against old old man river there and see what happens. <laughs> now, something else to think about too. <laughs> You know, we talk all the time about that you can only have so many crashes in MotoGP, right? Everyone's That's got right. a shelf life. Every single rider yep. has a shelf life. Well, yep. this man has crashed numerous times since yep. that that yep. race last year where he was 15 seconds slower, and he still comes out this year and is 15 seconds faster after all those crashes. So, yeah, to play on that, well, like you're saying, that Old Man River um, comment, it, it's... It, you cannot argue the level of the, the just how much the level of the sport has changed since he has been they've been here. The man is is going faster than he ever has before, like you said 100%. earlier, and and he's being beaten by obviously kids you know that are half his age, but he's keeping up with these guys too. He's he's mixing it up with them. He's getting his elbows out nice and sharp, and he's having a blast and having fun. So. I mean, I, 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 this was an awesome finish for, for Valentino Rossi, a top 10 in his last race. Um, and just a, a wonderful, just a wonderful weekend, um, to see all the celebrations for him. Um, yep. and, and the, the, the outreach from, you know, obviously celebrities that were extending their gratitude for what he's done, congratulating him on a, on a fantastic career. Um, even Max Biaggi, you know, even his rival stoner. Yeah. Yep. Stoner gave him a uh, a personally signed helmet, and Rossi did the same for him. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, with a message on it, like a handwritten message, and I think that speaks a lot to the character of Casey Stoner. What would it be um, like to be a fly on the wall in that room with those two sitting down having a beer together? Oh, uh, I you don't know. know. Uh, I've I'd be on motorcycle god overload you'd be like a little kid like a little girl like uh, laughing i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to say a word they'd be like hey what do you think of a holiday of a of a, of a hard, hard fought hard fought, hard, hard, hard fought yeah hard fought they're like what you having a stroke <laughs> yeah maybe but i think um yeah it was a great it was a great ending to a really tough season for him um but it just shows you that the level that which these guys are riding has never been seen before in the sport. Yep. Um, and, you know, he wasn't able to keep up, but that is not an indictment of Valentino Rossi to me. That just means, just like everyone else, time passes you by. But, but, Valentino Rossi, even though he would finish in 15th and 16th and 18th, he was still helping the sport yeah and i'm gonna tell you right now old maverick vinales in 16th in helping anybody that's what so so that's it too you know what i don't know i don't can't remember what he put what valentino rossi placed in the um the coda gp that we went to this year i'm not sure where where he ended up at the end of that race but right exactly what you're saying right there when that man finished a race he got off his bike it wasn't where he wanted to finish, and what did he do? He didn't go kicking and screaming and throwing stuff in the in his garage bo- uh, box. What he did, he turned around, he looked at the fans, and he waved at the people that were yep. cheering him he on. He finished 15th. That, and, and, and he still is gracious in defeat 
and, and, and knows what he wants to do the next weekend, knows what he wants yeah. to improve, and no one's, knows what he wants to fix. And to be that charismatic and self-aware and to know and to still play to the crowd and to to be that, to, to, to be able to bottle up the frustrations and, and not try to blow your engine up on the cool-down lap. Mm. Mm. Who do you mean? You know, that's Weird. why you will never be what this man was to the sport. Well, I look. Unfortunately, now I just have to go buy an RSV4 factory if I want one. I don't have to do it because of a bet. But <laughs> You're not worried about that one next year, are you? I'm not worried about a race much were much less a world championship because this proves to me and, and you know rossi said something interesting in one of the interviews of the week he said if i would have taken it more seriously when i was younger i probably would have won a few more world championships he said but i think that's normal in the maturation process we don't realize how hard it is to maintain the level and he said, and I would get frustrated, but I didn't understand the work necessary to maintain the level. And that was a brilliant insight because I think now we see what he's passing along to the Francesco Bagnias and the and, and the Anea Bastianinis and the Franco Morbidellis. Yeah, you're young and you're fast, but guess what? Everybody's working. And I think that's one of the things about Mark Marquez that is impressive is his work ethic. You know, they have to take his road bike from him when he's hurt so he doesn't exercise and work out. You know, he knows it, it's all running for Mark. He has a Kobe Gordon kind of competitiveness. Now, it hasn't served him as well as it did Kobe and Michael Jordan because he has crashed himself into oblivion. That's a kind of a segue into what we what we heard about it being a minor miracle for him to be ready for the start of next year. Bo. Yeah, if, I, it's over. If I, I, I'll say it. It's over. Well, yeah, and I want to give uh, give that credit to uh, to Moto News now because we saw that, yep. that headline yep. on their on their page. That's what I tagged you at. So if that's for, true, it's um, over. Yeah, if it's true. But so what what tells me that there's some substance to that is that there are already talks of a plan. You know, if something like this were to happen, you know, anyone can start a rumor to say, oh, well, Marquez is, is you know, it'll be a miracle for Marquez uh, to come back for 2022 or to start, at the big, big, to be ready at the beginning of 2022. But then to add on the fact that, or the, the conjecture that, um, the plan would be that Alex would take his place at Repsol and then Iker Lekawona would move back over into the GP paddock. Makes a little bit more sense since we know Iker Lekawona is moving over to Honda in World Superbike. Um, so to me, that kind of carries a little bit more validity to it, you know, and possible um, something that might come to fruition. Um, but no, to speak directly to the Marquez uh, situation... I'm concerned. I'm, uh, I'm very, very concerned. Very yep. concerned. Um, and and you and I have spoken numerous times about it. We've shared numerous opinions uh, about it. Um, but all of the if there if this is true, I think all of this is traced back to Spain and one turn. Yeah, I I you I can't I hundred percent. Is, is back to that, and it's to you said this in a text, is his inability to see the bigger picture. 
All he could see was that he was fast enough to win, so he was going to go win. And that attitude had served him well up until that point. He had he had won. He dominated the sport. He had dominated maybe like we'd never seen it dominated. But that one turn changed everything. Yeah. That one crash changed everything forever. I didn't think after that accident and then him coming back the next week. And I, I remember watching him in FP4 go out and do the outlap and come in and go straight to the trailer. I remember watching it and saying, he's done for the year. That's it. Because he was, he was just, his face was a face of, oh no, this is bad. And, and you know how I know that face? Because I've done it. And, um, and, and I even, knew it right then. Even this and year, I, how many weekends and how many tracks have you seen when he crosses a line or comes into the pit, does whatever he needs to do, how many times have you seen him reach up and grab his right shoulder? Every single it's time. Countless. Countless. Yeah. Every time something happens, if he if he's if he's sitting there and, and you know, the first two races he would sit there even when they were at the warm up lap or he would just sit there and hold it and rub it. I don't think he was consciously doing it. You know what I mean? I think he was just shaking it out because he was losing the feeling in his hand. And yeah. you know, he's a warrior for riding through that. I I give him so much credit for being tough, but also there's a level of uh Maybe that's more, maybe we went from tough to dumb. Um, and I mean, it's true. What he was trying to do is send a message coming back that next week with a broken arm. I mean, that is some real, that's some, I don't know. That is some alpha dog stuff right there. Some silverback gorilla, alpha dog. I am the only thing that matters here. I will not be knocked out. You thought I wasn't going to be back. I yeah. wasn't even missing a week. That is that is some real, real determination on his part. But it proved to be a terrible decision. And then everything that's happened after. And now this. From a training the window, yeah, it, yeah, the window is closed for me on Mark Marquez and his ninth world title. That's what I say. Especially when we see... Quartararo, Martin, Bagnaya, uh, Joan Mir, these dudes are not going to just defer to you now. No, the aura of invincibility is now gone, especially for Bagnaya, because I beat you straight up at your home track. Yeah, and you can say, "Well, my fight. shoulder was hurting." Yeah, in a dogfight, dog you. Right, you legit threw seven moves at me. No one has listed seven moves with Mark Marquez. Has done that right. up until that point. Yep, and uh, maybe no one would Vignales. have without the injury. Yeah, <laughs> Vinales <laughs> would have run right off track after the first move. But I, uh, you know, there is, and, and you know, we're going to have a healthy, hopefully, a healthy Franco Morbidelli next year, which he should be able to make some waves too. So there. Man, I'm telling you, that window is closed. In my opinion, the window's closed, and it's really troubling that he is he is out for the entire, possibly for the entire offseason. There's no way he wins a world title like that. And if he misses races and he didn't test, forget about it. Yeah, because they're going to need his input on that bike um, so badly. 
to be able to oh, pick the direction sure. of where that bike needs to go. And if he's not going to well, be why able would to you say that, but such a good bike at the beginning of this year. Now it's time to develop. The, well, it was time to develop that bike three years ago, uh, you know, and, and, and even before that, <laughs> you know, it's not the time now because you've seen you have, and I, you know me and Honda, and I'm shame on Honda for allowing this to happen for so long. Sh- shame on them yep. for allowing Mark Marquez to kill himself and and possibly ruin his career. And, and to me, this is shame on Honda. That's all I can say. And and I really hope that Mark Marquez is able to return and able to be competitive next year. Um, but I'm not optimistic about it. There's just too many, too many red flags that are popping up recently. Um, injuries, the constant nagging in the arm, um, and and all that to say, you know, I can't forget that that he's won races this year, which is a feat in itself. It absolutely speaks to just the heart that this guy has, and how much talent he has, and just how much raw, you know, ability on a motorcycle that is subpar to come out and win, and his his sheer will to win. So. You know, I don't want to take anything away from Mark Marquez, but Mark Marquez, you have to stop killing yourself in in an attempt to win, and you have to put more burden of responsibility onto Honda to give you a package that can win without you on it. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and um, this is just really unfortunate. I, I I was. I was excited to see Mark Marquez go head to head with these guys next year. Healthy Marquez to see, you know, just how good Bagnaya and Mir and Quartararo and, and pick your guy, Morbidelli, you know, yep. just to see how good they were. Um, because I saw some moves on Marquez this year that just let me know they don't fear you. They are that, you know, Mir making some passes that were hard passes on Marquez that I don't think would have happened before the injury. Just letting Marquez know you, Oh, that's cool. You used to be world champion. Well, I am the world champion. Um, yeah, I think so, that, I think that world championship kind of gave Mir a level of, um, confidence to a point mm-hmm. that really helped him mm-hmm. to kind of step away, you know, to step past that big reputation intimidation that might've been there before with Marquez. Um, so that's good for Joanne Mir, but I think Joanne Mir needs to keep that in check a little bit because some of his comments this year were a little off color, um, and, and almost spoke to a, a little bit of an arrogant, um, way about him. And I don't think that's, that's who he is on the bike. You know, we've seen multiple spats with he and Jack Miller. Um, you know, maybe Jason, he's just a hot blooded Spanish, um, rider that, mm. that, that has a lot of emotion on the that, bike. That very well could be it. I mean, it also... <laughs> You wonder, though, so look, I I think all these guys have an ego. I don't think it's possible for them not to. I think that's why they ride the way they do. I think you have to at that level. Yeah, F1 drivers, MotoGP, World Super, but these guys have an edge. They have an edge about them, and that's the way it goes. Um, well, you, you know, like your top doctors too. You know, it's any yep. profession that you look at. Anything Absolutely. That you, you, there, there's a level that you know that you are the the apex predator in your industry, right? So you, you know that you're going to demand a certain level of respect, a certain level of, yep. Um, yep. you know, uh, it's it's going to be there. So yeah, it's absolutely. not to say I anything agree. negatively, but it, when you cannot back it up with those results, that's when it becomes uh, yeah. almost, you know, right. That's when the confidence becomes sheer arrogance. I agree with you. So we will we will see. But I mean, if you had to pick a favorite for next year, don't do who that. Who you got? Me. 
You know I'm a Morbidelli fan. I got to take Morbidelli. I, you know, I also love an underdog mm. story. He's coming back from injury. I want to cool. see him back. I want to see him strong. I want to see the kind of form that he had. Uh, you know, when Joe and Mir won the championship, and I want to see it better. And, and but yeah, I, I think we need to. I think I need to put the uh, the onus on Yamaha to put a good bike underneath of him too. Yeah, there's there's some real work that needs to be done for the Yamaha because if Ducati would have started the year like it ended the year, it wouldn't have been close. Um, so my my pick next year is Francesco Bagnaia. I, I really think the like I said, winning four out of the last six. And having the unlucky temperature change in Mazzano, yeah, he would have won five out of the last six. That's no, like, I, again, I think, I think Pecco's the smart pick. To be honest with you, yeah, um, based but, on results, I got you. But I, I don't think Quattroaro will just go away. I don't think Mir will just go away. I don't think Miller will just go away. I think Bagnaia will have to earn it. But if you, if he keeps winning at this clip. That's 12 wins next year. That's a world championship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yep. I, you know, so I don't think he, I, surely he won't continue it because we've only seen one guy win like that, and that was Marquez. But if he does, I mean, he's got a lot of world championships to win before we can put him in that same category as the Rossies and the and the Marquezes. But I, I, I'm pulling for Francesco Bagnaia to be a world champion at some point in his career. And if he does it multiple times, good for him. But an Italian on an Italian bike, there's something special about that, honestly. Um, right. And, and, and I want to I want to call something out, though, too. It, you know, you said that, you know, we've only seen Mark Marquez win races like that. Um, one thing that I do notice about, you know, the look that, that when Francesco Bagnaia puts on a helmet in, in the garage, I mean, he just he goes to a stone stone face killer. Um, on the bike, but there's just still such a hunger to win, you know, that you see in his eyes, almost very similar to Mark Marquez. Um, but the judgment that he has on the bike seems to be, it's just, it's mature beyond his years in, in GP, I think. Um, and to me, that's what makes him scary. That's what, that's what really sticks out to me is that he still wants to win, but he knows when he can win. I agree with you. I do agree with you. I, I think um, I'm just so happy that, you know, the dam finally broke for Francesco and that he was able to, you know, get that monkey off his back. And when he did, that it wasn't just getting that first win. I mean, he doubled up his teammate. You know, Jack had two wins this year. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how many wins are in the cards for everyone else next year if Becco's on this form. Because I, I think some of the mistakes he made, you know, he was leading the race in Mugello earlier this year when he crashed out. Mm-hmm. That's another rent. I, I mean, so we're talking about a possible six wins for this guy this year. But there were a lot of weekends where he was just kind of lost on the bike. And I think that came down to setting because I don't think it's Bagnaya. So we'll see. We'll see. And, and I'm excited for it. Um, I really really wanted to be in Valencia this weekend yeah. and, and watch Rossi ride off into the sunset. But, uh, I watched the races at a racetrack. So that's the second guess, best thing, I guess. Yeah. We'll allow it, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you had a good weekend though, right? How did that go? Yeah, I, I did have a good weekend. I rode for three days at, uh, CMP out here with uh, track day winter. Um, the weather was a little bit chilly in the morning, so I did never do 
the first two sessions. I never even got suited up. Um, or, and I didn't ride before 11 o'clock with the, the open track day. Mm-hmm. Um, I set a personal best. I did not get to where I wanted to, but I had a great weekend and my rider coach, Nick, <laughs> Nick was, <laughs> you know, Nick, Nick was on me about turn 11. He was like, Jason, you're dogging it in turn 11. I can see it when you're on the bike. You're not working in turn 11. I was like, golly, dad, come on. But he was right. Of course he was right. So, you know, it's good to have Nick with you. You know, he's, um, he's all about getting better every time you get on the bike. And that's been a great influence for me. Um, and, uh, we definitely, I definitely got better I, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to catch that 39 sometime next year, but, uh, and maybe make it into a group with all the orgs. We'll see. Yeah, man. No, that'd be awesome. That's, that's a good time. That'd, that'd be fantastic. Yep. Absolutely. I have no well, doubt I mean, that it, you're going to, you're going to get there. Well, you know, we rode with, uh, friend Ron Euler mm-hmm. and you know, Ron's, he's an older gentleman. He's much older than me, but Ron can barely walk, but put him on a motorcycle. And that guy's 22 years old. I swear I swear I've never, <laughs> he's yeah. so fast. You know, Ron was running in the mid one thirties. <laughs> he's not. And in class, yeah, he went out there to ride with us one time, stuffed me up the inside into eight. Uh, and there's picture, there's photographic evidence of it. Cause it looks like I just went wide into eight, but really I just saw Ron there. I'm just like, okay, you got it, big fella. Um, but then he apologized. He says, I don't know what I was doing. That is my, my I made a mistake. I was like, what? He's like, yeah. I did not mean to do that. And I was like, ah, it's fine. We're all advanced riders here. No worries. <laughs> but, it, you know, but uh, I just want to say, you know, Nicholas is fast. And he's he's making it, making he's being nice by riding with me, quote unquote. But I feel like at any point that guy could pull the pin and pull a bagnaya on me yeah. and be gone. So um, it's been good. It's, it was a good way to end the season. Now it's time to um, take the bike up and get the suspension fixed up and refreshed. I will need some new springs. I had David from fast bike out there in the pit beside me and he took one look at my zip tie and was like, okay, yep. <laughs> Cause I had my preload almost maxed out and it yeah. was not making a difference at all. So little stiffer springs should help me break a little harder and better so I can be better on the brakes. So it'll be nice. Um, cause I need to be able to break a little deeper deep so it'll be all right but uh yeah it was a good year and i as as always like i say i like being on a motorcycle 25 miles an hour 125 miles an hour either one it's great and and, you know i look forward to getting back out there with you next year and doing some riding and and us having a good time together yeah man it's uh it's hopefully going to be a little bit better of a year for me um it will be you know just believe (laughs) yeah just believe. I, I believe that it will. I think I think you're gonna be I think it's gonna be great, man. I think you're gonna love it. But and your your motor started, so that's good. Yeah, no uh, no Christmas lights, uh engine fired right up, oil cir- circulating, so um got coolant swapped out, so it's all winterized up and ready to go and, and uh ready to swap over to the new frame. Uh once all the schedule and the stars align. Yeah, no, we're gonna have to figure that out. we should get I think we need Wilson to come pick up both bikes and take it to his house and do it for us. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> yeah. Heated garage, more space. You've been nominated, Jason. 
J1. You've, yes, been, you've been nominated. J1, been nominated. Well, Bo, I mean, it's been a great MotoGP year. What was your biggest takeaway? Watch out for the Italians. Uh, I think that really towards the end of the season, I think that, you know, we called it with this podcast. Uh, we've seen Ducati make huge strides forward. Um, this season, to me, has just been such a uh, – it's not been what we've been used to. You know, we had a – we had a 2020 season that was a bit wild, you know, with the COVID, uh, COVID changes, then with Marquez crash, um, it, you know, and then in 2021, it didn't slow down. You know, the drama did not stop whatsoever. We saw twists and turns and storylines emerge and then, you know, legend retiring. And um, now we've got a new class of, of GP riders that are coming in alongside a class of rookies that are doing great too. Um, I mean, there's just so much going on. It's hard to know where to look at any given point in time in this GP paddock. So um, I think 2022 is just going to bring more of the same. So I'm not even sure when yeah. we're going to actually settle into a new norm or if there's ever going to be, you know, another era where we just see sheer dominance like Marquez in races and then you might have other normal repetitive names all the time. Um I, I'm just I'm just if, excited to look to look look into the future with MotoGP right now. If if there and I and I do believe the era of the Marquez dominance is over. I really do not because I don't like Marquez, but because I think the injuries have taken their toll. Right. And I think we saw him this year put a heroic effort up to win three races, and that was amazing. But we saw a lot of races this year where he was not even close, and um, unfortunately. If he's going to miss more races and and testing, I think it's going to take him a little while to get up to speed. And even if he can get close to what he was this year, that's not going to be enough. So if you had to choose, because I feel like this year we saw our, a, a crazy amount of first. We saw a first French MotoGP champion. Right. Not a crazy amount of first, but we saw our first French MotoGP champion. We saw, a, a I think, a changing of the guard in terms of the dominance of Marquez is now gone. Um, and we saw along those same lines, an icon riding off into the sunset all in the same year. And so you're right. There was no shortage of drama, no shortage of storylines, but next year is so exciting because we may see a new champion a new dominant champion arrive and we'll just have to see who that is or if that is. And my pick for someone to dominate, if anyone can, like Marquez used to is Francesco Bagnaia. I right. think if there's a writer on the grid that can do it, it is him, but fight with a guy named Jorge Martin, a guy named Jack Miller, a guy named Fabio Quartararo, a guy named Francisco Mor uh, Francisco Morbidelli, a guy named Juan Mir, and don't forget about Raul Baby Fernandez. Lorenzo coming up, yep. Raul Fernandez. Raul Fernandez. I mean, he could throw he could throw a leg over that Tech Three KTM and just it fit like a glove. It it could happen. Yep. So so we'll see. Yeah. So it's very exciting, and I and I am I am so excited to see what the off season brings. I will be reading articles left and right and trying to gobble up as much information as I can. And, you know, and next week we have the final world superbike race of the year, which will be drama filled. Right. Um, 
Real quick, who you got winning the world title? Top Rack or Ray? I think Top Rack's going to take it. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I would, I was going to do that too. If you just said Ray, I would have put, I would have wanted to make a bet, but we can't. <laughs> so, um, but Bo, I think we've covered it. We've we've talked about it. We've waxed poetic. We've complained about other journalists and people in the media. We've we've had quite the show tonight. Yeah, yeah, we're getting close on time too. But uh, you know, just to mention, we're still going to be doing this through the winter time too. We're going to be bringing some different stuff out. Um, talking about some different things over the off season, um, so we're still going to try to keep it, you know, keep things fresh, and keep bringing you guys good t- good content because we know you love hearing us each week, and uh, we're going to be here for you. Absolutely, we surely will. You know, well, out there in podcast land, we want you to keep that rubber side down, that shiny side up. Be safe if you're headed to the track this weekend or to the trails, and ride safe and enjoy your weekend. I'm Captain Novice, aka Jason. And with my man Bo saying good night, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one, everyone.